if you will, if you've got your Bibles, you can turn with me. We're going to turn back uh, this morning to uh, uh, the 14th, 15th, 16th chapters of the book of John. Uh, what we've been discussing over the last uh, a few times that I've spoken here and went back over, I guess, last week, uh, some things that uh, in the 14th chapter of the book of John uh, to just try to link things back together since it had been a few weeks uh, since we talked about it. Uh, but what we'd uh, looked at over the last few weeks is talking about the last message that Jesus gave to his apostles uh, while he was while he was here, uh, I guess this side of the cross anyway. And, and uh, we were we were talking about, and I'll at least hit a few points here real quickly uh, this morning, and, and way of review to talk about. You know, if you knew you were going to pass from this life, what would you tell those that were closest to you? And if you, especially if you think about Jesus Christ as the, as the Messiah, the Savior, uh, he's established, come and established his kingdom uh, here in this world, and it's a spiritual kingdom, not a, uh, not a worldly kingdom, but come and established his kingdom here in this world. And you're, you're about to leave those that you've put in, uh, put in charge of your, your treasure, if you will, the greatest blessings, the things of your word, uh, to try to get uh, things kind of turned around. What would, and you knew, you knew tomorrow is the day you're going to be put to death. What would you tell them? I mean, you know, what would you tell your family? What would you tell your friends? What would you tell those closest to you? You know, would you, would you, uh, you know, so, so as we look back across what Jesus told his apostles, and that is the, the message, and uh, we find, uh, and as I was looking back through it again, you know, you just, you, you keep, I keep looking at it and keep seeing things that maybe I hadn't seen before. It's the more I read. And I think that's the way it is with the Word of God. The more you read, the more you see. And even reading it, the same thing you've read before, reading it again and reading it again. And <coughs> as we look back across this, uh, one thing we know for sure, <coughs> excuse me, Jesus told his apostles first and foremost, let not your heart be troubled. Uh, don't be overly anxious. Don't be overly worried about the fact that I'm about to go away. You believe in God, believe in me. He tells them, uh, I'm going away to prepare a place for you, that where I am, there you may be also. Uh, and and as, he, as he goes through this, he begins to explain to them, you know, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And, uh, and, and telling them, you know, I'm in the Father, and the Father's in me. Me and the Father are one. So there's a, there's a continual emphasis here about the fact I'm in the Father, the Father's in me, I'm in you. Uh, so we're, we're all linked together. And I think if, as you think about the fact that he's about to go away and he tells them, I'll be gone for a little while, but you'll see me again. Uh, but in a little while, you'll see me again. And so he's giving them this reassurance that I'm about to be put to death, but death is not the end for the child of God. And so there's a reassurance in that. Don't let your heart be troubled. Uh, he says, you haven't asked anything previously in my name, but going forward, you shall ask in my name. And if you ask in my name, I will grant to you what you've asked. My Father will grant to you <coughs> what you've asked. So he said, and I'll come to you. I'll, I'll come to you. And not only that, I'm going to go away, but I'm not going to leave you comfortless. And now the, I'm going to send the comforter to you, the Holy Spirit. And as he says this several times, 
the spirit of truth. He says it in chapter 14. He says it again in chapter 15. He says it again in chapter 16 that the Holy Spirit, the comforter, is the spirit of truth. Uh, and the spirit of truth is going to come to them also and going to call to mind all the things that he had spoken to them so that they would not be troubled, so they would not be worried, so that they would not be down in spirit. Uh, and I'm going to tell, and I, I've said this before, uh, as we face all the struggles in this life, uh, people are facing sickness, people are facing depression, people are facing all the issues that they're facing. The greatest, one of the greatest comforts in the place that we can go to in our time of trouble and our time of need is knowing uh, that there's one, there's a God who has conquered this world for us. There's a God who has overcome death for us. There's a God who has overcome uh, being mistreated. There's a God that's overcome being uh, 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 a uh, abused, if you will. There's a God that is uh, that was betrayed. He's overcome that. Our God, our Savior. If you if you feel like in your time, in your struggle, sometimes, well, nobody knows what I'm going through. I'm going to tell you, Jesus Christ knows what you're going through. Christ knows the struggles that you're facing. Christ knows what it's like to be betrayed. Christ knows what it's like to be put to death when you're innocent and be sentenced to death when he was totally innocent. He knows what it's like to be innocent and yet uh, uh, betrayed and put to death. So when someone in your family has betrayed you, someone in, uh, close to you has done something to you, Jesus Christ knows how it feels. <clears throat> we were, me and Doris were riding yesterday, you know, you sing the old, and uh, you sing the old song, nobody knows the trouble I've seen. Well, nobody knows but Jesus. Jesus knows the trouble you've seen. So he tells us and he gives us this assurance through all of this that God, he's going away. Uh, and he, and, and the other message, one of the other messages in there is if you love me, keep my commandments. If you love me, you will keep my words. So God's, uh, think about what God's commandments are. Uh, everything from, uh, if you, he goes on and tells us a little bit further as we go through this. The greatest commandment is that you love one another. And if we love one another and love our neighbors, ourselves, that is the great commandment. Uh, but we can go back and think about what are all the commandments? Have no other gods before me. Have no other uh, uh, gods that you worship. Make not false gods. Uh, don't steal. Don't kill. Don't, uh, uh, all of these things are commandments. If you love me, keep my commandments. That's how we show that we love him. And so he starts off chapter 15. I think one of the other messages for us here, we'll get into this uh, 15th chapter today. Uh, he starts, and I'll, I'll just reemphasize this. At the end of, thir uh, end of 14, he says, uh, Hereafter I will not talk with you uh, much with you, for the prince of this world cometh and hath nothing in me, but that the world may know that I love the Father, and as the Father gave me commandment, even so I do arise and let us go hence. Uh, one of those little things that over the years I had overlooked in looking at this portion of Scripture is the fact Jesus had been in the upper room having the, having the, uh, uh, the, uh, uh, the Passover meal and the communion meal, the, different, the new meal, the new commandment that he had given to them. And now he begins to talk to them. He washes their feet and he begins to talk to them about don't be troubled. I'm going away. And here finally he says uh, uh, that the world may know that I love the Father as the Father gave me commandment. Even so I do. Arise and let us go hence. 
the time of the upper room had come to an end, and now they're fixing to take the walk going to the Garden of, uh, uh, the Garden of Gethsemane. Uh, so now he's beginning to take a walk, but he's not just walking uh, in silence. He's walking and teaching them as he goes. Uh, and as he goes, he says, uh, I am the true vine, and, you're, and my father is the husbandman. Uh, you know, the... As I look at these portions of Scripture, sometimes it's just good to kind of turn words over in your mind and in your, in your thoughts as you're reading Scripture. But if, uh, if Jesus Christ had to tell his apostles, I am the true vine, then there must also be a false vine. Uh, what is a, uh, so there's something you can plug yourself into uh, that's not bringing forth the right kind of fruit. Uh, and so he says, he tells us, I am the true vine and my father's the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, <coughs> he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it that it may bring forth more fruit. Uh, now ye are clean through the word that I have spoken unto you. Abide in me. And I in you, and as a branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine, no more can ye except ye abide in me. Uh, that's not, you know, it's not teaching some kind of a, a, a rocket science example here. Anybody that's been out uh, and seen a vine out there, uh, uh, you know, poison ivy doesn't bear, bear much fruit. But I can tell you this, if you go cut the vine off from the root, uh, my friends, it withers up. Uh, we, I did that. I had to go out and do that. And I saw some growing up in a tree in the backyard. And I said, well, I don't like poison ivy anyway. So I got there and whack that thing uh, and cut it off. In a day or two, I look out there and the vine is withered up. Uh, the same is true, my friends, of a natural vine, whether it's a grapevine. You go out and begin to cut the branches off, and the branches will wither up out there and, and die away, and they can't bear fruit unless they stay in the vine. And so he's saying, I'm the true vine, and my father's the husbandman. Ye cannot bear fruit except ye abide in the vine. So what does it mean for you and me to abide in the vine of Jesus Christ? Well, I think he goes on and gives us some hints for that. <clears throat> but Jesus Christ gave to us his words, and his words are where we gain strength and knowledge that we can bring forth even more fruit. Uh, if we turn back over here a little bit this uh, this morning, I'll turn back over to the book of Luke because I, I, as I was looking at some of these things, I thought about how the message, uh, you know, the message is the same. The message stays the same. Uh, John the Baptist had a message when he came. Jesus Christ had a message when he came. The, uh, the apostles had a message as they went forth. And the message was always the same, uh, in a sense, was very similar or the same. Uh, if we go back over to the third chapter of the book of Luke, we'll find over there a, a prophecy about the coming uh, of John the Baptist. John the Baptist was going to be the one, uh, the forerunner that Isaiah had foretold. Uh, <coughs> Uh, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, verse 4 uh, of, of Luke chapter 3. Uh, and he says, uh, He was to come, saying, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, and make his path straight. Uh, verse 5, Every valley shall be filled, and every mountain and every hill shall be brought low. Uh, all flesh shall see the salvation of God. Then said he to the multitude that came to be baptized, verse 7 of him, O generation of vipers! Who hath warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bring forth fruits worthy of repentance, uh, and, bring, and begin not to say within yourselves, 
We have Abraham as our father. John the Baptist was teaching them and preaching to them before Christ ever came. Don't be going around saying we have Abraham as our father. Do you remember the time when Jesus spoke to the crowd and they said, Abraham be our father. Uh, uh, we're, we aren't children of adultery and so forth like that. John the Baptist was preaching that same message to them about don't be going around bragging about Abraham. Bring fruits, meat for repentance to God and do and do this. And he says, bring forth fruit, uh, therefore fruits worthy of repentance and begin, uh, begin not to say with yourselves, we have Abraham as our father. For I say unto you that God is able of these stones to raise up children unto Abraham. <coughs> Today, while so many brag uh, about uh, uh, even in, even in the religious world, uh, I, I think there is a special blessing laid out in scriptures where it talks about the nation Israel. Uh, but I'll tell you what: if you put too much root and too much basis in being uh, natural descendants or Jewish descendants today, he tells us here he could ra- take stones and raise up children to Abraham. Uh, uh, my friends, uh, uh, when Jesus Christ was coming into Jerusalem, uh, he said, uh, and the people were crying out about the Messiah was coming, the Messiah was coming. Uh, he said, if they didn't cry out, the stones would have cried out, the hills would have cried out that the Messiah had come. Jesus was going to get his praise. And I'll tell you what, God can get praise, my friends, uh, if he has to raise up a people of faith out of a stone rather than out of the Israelites, uh, he will have his praise. So he says, uh, now then... Uh, that God is able of these stones to raise up children unto Abraham. And now also the axe is laid under the root of the trees. Every tree that therefore which bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. Wow, John the Baptist was preaching that before Jesus Christ ever came. Now the last message that Jesus gives to his apostles is what? I'm the true vine. My father's the husband. If you want to bring forth fruit, abide in the vine. If you don't abide, uh, abide in me and I in you. And as a branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine, no more can ye except ye abide in me. I am the vine. There's that expression again. I am the vine. I am the door. I am the way. Uh, I am that I am has, 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 uh, has sent me. Uh, I am the vine. Ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. If you want to bring forth fruit, in, uh, spiritually speaking, in this world, uh, you have to abide in the source of spiritual truth, uh, the source of spiritual strength, uh, the source of spiritual life. Uh, we have to abide in Him. I'm not talking about that there's some way you can go and place yourself into Jesus Christ uh, eternally speaking uh, so that you can have life. Uh, God chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world uh, and blesses us to be born again by His power by his might in his time. But in a timely sense, right here in this old world that we're living in, we have to abide in him if we're going to bring forth much fruit. And if we're not bringing forth much fruit, Jesus gave example after example. Even even John the Baptist gave the example. He said, if you're not bringing forth fruit, they'll lay axe to the root and put the the tree to death. Uh, You and I, Jesus cursed the fig tree when he went by it. Because it wasn't bringing forth any fruit. Uh, Fruit trees are supposed to bear fruit. You and I are to be fruit trees. We're to be bearing fruit. That's what our purpose is while we're living here is to bring forth fruit. And he says, you want to do that? 
abide, live in him, abide in him, stay in him. That's the word abide. It's the same word we think about abode. The abode is the place you live. Uh, If we want to abide in him, we've got to stay in him. How are we going to stay in him? Continue in my word. Continue to stay in the word of God and abide in him. And that will stir you up spiritually uh, today. What what are the problems we're facing today? Well, whatever the problems we're facing today, uh, I can tell you Jesus is the answer. Uh, uh, The problems you're facing, the troubles you're facing, the trials you're facing, Jesus is the answer. Uh, And if we want to know what kind of fruit we should be bringing forth, I'll give you some examples as we go through. Let's turn over to Galatians uh, uh, 5.22. Some of you know exactly... uh, of where I'm going when I say that. And, I, and I, that's good because that means you've been reading the Word of God. But in Galatians 5 and 22, he tells us this. The fruit of the Spirit is what? Love, joy, peace, long-suffering. Uh, you'll see some of this come back to play as we continue to go through this 15th chapter. Listen, listen to the words. Of, uh, in fact, if we turn back to 14 even now, what was one of the things he said to his apostles? Uh, he says, Peace I leave you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither, neither be afraid. Do you know there's a peace that comes to the child of God for, through Jesus Christ, knowing that you've been uh, saved, delivered from this uh, present world, that this world is not your home? There's a peace that you have. I, I, wasn't, even, I wasn't at the funeral home the other night, but uh, I, I know Elder Hopper. I know Elder Hopper had a peace that a lot of people in this world don't have at the passing of his longtime companion. <laughs> How can a man have that kind of peace? How can a person have that kind of comfort, that kind of joy in the midst of, you know, a heart-wrenching trial or problem that they're facing? I can tell you, you can have that kind of peace because you know that Jesus Christ lives within you and that Jesus Christ, uh, and that this world is not our home. So he tells us here, uh, the fruit of the Spirit, verse uh, five, uh, 22 of Galatians 5, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, Peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Temperance means self-control. Temperance, against such there is no law. So at any time when you're wondering, (coughs) am I I bearing the fruit? Am I bearing fruit? (laughs) Am I bearing the kind of fruit that I should be bearing? Uh, uh, Am I going around being uh, mad? Am I going around being angry? Am I going around being uh, uh, down all the time? What 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 is uh, uh, what kind of fruit am I bearing? So the he tells us here the fruit of the spirit is love, joy. Uh, if we're if we're bearing the fruit of God, we're gonna ha- we're gonna be in a joyful uh, place, a joyful spirit. Uh, and he tells us uh, uh, love, joy, peace. I'm telling you the kind of peace that passes understanding. The kind of peace and the kind of joy, the kind of comfort that comes just to just through God here in this old world. Uh, so he says, love, joy, peace, long suffering. Uh, and I'm not going to. This is not a message on Galatians 5:22. But think about what it means to be long suffering when tr- when troubles are coming your way, when somebody's not doing you right, 
and yet you bear with it. You bear with it. Uh, I'll tell you, any parent that's ever raised a child understands something about long-suffering. Uh, you, have to, you have to bear with them, bear with them, continue to teach, continue to lead, continue to direct. Uh, and even in all of that, uh, even when the, when, the, when the children are fussing, they're not doing what they should do, they won't go to sleep, they won't eat, they're sick, whatever the problems are, even in the midst of that, God can give you a peace, uh, parents, and, and knowing uh, this is what this is what it is. This is what you do. You just keep doing it. You keep walking this path. God can give us a peace and a joy and a hope in, in knowing I'm doing the right thing, even if I don't see all the results out of it. A lot of times that I would like to see, I'm doing what I should be doing, and God can give you the same comfort as a child of God: love, joy, peace, long suffering, gentleness, goodness. Uh, 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 goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Uh, God, are you are you under more self control today than you were than you used to? Do you have a greater joy in your life than you used to have? That tells me that will, if you ask yourselves these questions, uh, do you have more faith in God today than you had at one point in, in time in your life? Uh, it'll give you some uh, a constant checklist, if you will, or, or check on yourself. How am I doing spiritually? How am, I, how am I doing? Am I bearing this kind of fruit in my life? Am I constantly down, angry, mad? Or do I find myself more in love, joy, peace, long-suffering with people, uh, and so forth? So he tells us here, uh, if, you, wanna, if you, you cannot bear fruit unless you abide. I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abideth in me, I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me ye can do Nothing. <laughs> if you if you if you're not abiding in Him, you cannot bring forth the kind of fruit that we're talking about here this morning. So He says, "Abide in Me." If a man abide not in Me, he is cast forth as a branch, is withered, and men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. We are not talking about eternal hell, woe, and torment here. We're talking about what can happen to a branch. A branch is a part of the vine. A branch is a child of God. A branch can be cut off from the source of their sustenance. They can lose the joy, the peace of abiding in the vine and in the peace and comfort that comes from that. And I'll tell you, uh, God himself at times, just like I think he did to the children of Israel, uh, to, the, to the Jewish nation, he did not cast them off forever. That's the question the Apostle Paul asked in uh, Romans 11. Has God cast off his people forever. No, God forbid that he has done that. But I'll tell you what, they might have been cut off from the joy, peace, and comfort uh, and, and the, the vine of, of Jesus Christ here in this old world and being cast away from that, they're gathered up by men and cast into the old fiery furnace of this world. I'll tell you, in, the, in, in that sense, there's no joy, no peace, no comfort. The children of Israel who knew the laws, who known, who God came to in a special way over the years, has lost the joy of their salvation. They're much like David uh, who sinned and lost the joy of his salvation. The Bible does not say David lost his salvation, but he lost the joy of his salvation. The children of Israel had lost the joy of their salvation. You and I can lose the joy of our salvation by not abiding in him, by not continuing to draw sustenance spiritually from the things of God's word. And I'll tell you, we can find ourselves cut off and woe, woe unto us if the time comes when we actually get to the place where God prunes us off 
and we're cast off as a branch. Men gather us up in this old world and we're cast into the fiery furnaces of this world. How many of you know families? I know uh, you, I know. You know. <laughs> How many of you, of you know individuals or families who at one time were very close to the church, very close to God, raising their children up, but there's something happens and they get away from that and the next thing they know, the children are going down the wrong path, their families are going down the wrong path and the next thing you know, they're cast into the fiery furnace of drunkenness, drugs, alcohol, all the things that afflict people, sexual lust and all the things that bring families down. They're they're gathered up by men and cast into the fire as a branch, I'm telling you. And so he says, and they are burned. If ye abide in me and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will and it shall be done unto you. I don't believe that's just a promise to the apostles. I believe that was a promise to you and I today. If you abide in me and my words abide and live in you. What does it mean for God's word to live and abide in us? That means, I think part of what that means is now we think and we act more according to what God's Word says because God's Word is abiding in us. Uh, you know, when, when we think about how do I control my tongue, be swift to hear uh, and slow to speak, that's God's Word. <laughs> uh, that, if that abides in you and then suddenly you're in a point where that tongue wants to fire off, then suddenly you think about, you know, the Bible says be, and God's Word says be, swift to hear and slow to speak. Now suddenly I've got something that's guiding my mind and my heart and my tongue and my life a little bit more. You know, you're training up children. And I, I go back to that example. We got people here training up children. Uh, you know, God's word says bring up a child in the way that he should go. And when he's old, he will not depart from it. Training a child is an is a, is a ongoing process. It's not a I think I'm going to take a week off this week. Well, you might do that, and you'll suffer the consequences of that too. Uh, but he says, uh, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified, that ye bear much fruit, and so shall ye be my disciples. God is glorified when we bring forth much fruit. I could go back right now, and, and I'll, I'll just turn over there, but I'm not going to go into it here this morning. But we can go back to the parable of the sower and the seed. The Bible says over there, if you read the parable of the sower seed, you can read it in Matthew chapter 13. Uh, it tells us over there that there were seed, uh, the sower went forth to sow the seed. The seed was the word of God. And some of it fell on good ground. And when it, brought, when it fell on good ground, it brought, it brought forth, in some cases, 60 and 100-fold production. Why? Because it fell on good ground that was there, was ready to abide. Some of the some of the words, some of the seed fell on stony ground. Some of it fell among briars and thistles. And it goes on and tells you what the stony ground and what the briars and the thistles of this world are. Uh, the cares of this world. The hardness of your heart. When, uh, when the God's word falls on the hardness of your heart, it might spring up. It might bring forth a little bit of fruit, but it doesn't last very long. Uh, when it falls among the uh, cares of this world, the buyers and the thistles of the example, God's word may spring up and may bring forth a little bit of fruit, but then the briars and the thistles, the cares of life, choke it out. People let the cares of this life, the hardness of their hearts, and some of it falls on, on ground and doesn't, maybe doesn't bring forth any kind of fruit. Uh, but, you know, the, all of these are examples of, he says, Herein is my Father glorified that ye bear much fruit, 
so shall ye be my disciples. The word disciple just simply means a follower of Jesus Christ, a teacher, a student, a pupil of Jesus Christ. If you're going to be a disciple of his, he says you need to be bringing forth much fruit. And in that, the Father is glorified. As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue ye in my word, in, in my love. As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. So uh, if, we're going to, if we're going to bear much fruit, he says, love me. I, the Father's loved me. I have loved you. Continue in my love. There's nothing there's nothing like knowing sometimes that somebody loves you. Isn't that right? You know, some of the greatest comfort we find, you know, is knowing our parents love us. Here we are on Mother's Day. I'll tell you, there's nothing like knowing that little child, even when the, the little child can't quite put it into expression, there's nothing like knowing the loving care and hug and, yes, even the chastisement of a mother or a father that loves you. I'll tell you, God shows his love. He tells us over there in, uh, in Hebrews chapter, uh, chapter 12, I believe it is, that he shows his love to us not only in, in his compassion and his care, he shows us his love in his discipline. He says the child that is undisciplined uh, is a bastard and not a son. Uh, so uh, disciplining children, taking care of children. Uh, you know, today people write books called ba- like things like boundaries. Uh, well, uh, you know, everybody needs to know their boundaries. Well, uh, uh, they can make a great limit on that. They can go back to the Word of God. They can find out what the boundaries are. Uh, and what we need to be looking to the Word of God to teach our boundaries in our life. Uh, so he says, if, As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. If you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love. How are we going to love him? Abiding in his word, keeping his commandments. If you keep his commandments, you shall abide in my love, even as I've kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. I'm telling you, the whole thing, as you, as you look at this, it's, it just keeps building. Don't be worried. Don't be troubled. Don't let the trials of this life get you down. Abide in my word. Bear much fruit. If you keep my commandments... Uh, uh, like I've kept my father's commandments. The father will come to you and he will love you and he will care for you. Uh, If you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken unto you that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. Today, you've got everybody in the world trying to tell you how you can be happy. Oh, you want to be happy. Well, here's what you do. You go down and you do this. I'm not talking about happiness. I'm talking about a joy that lives down inside your heart. He says, if you love me uh, and keep my commandments, my love will abide in you. Uh, He says, you do this. I've spoken this unto you that my joy might remain in you. You know what the Bible says? This This is totally... Uh, against the world's thinking. Everything about the Bible is against the world's thinking, by the way. But uh, the Bible records for us that Jesus Christ came and died for us, and it says, for the joy 
that was set before him, he came and gave his life that he might redeem us from our sins. Now, that's, a, that's not an exact quote, but I'm just going to say, the jo- for the joy that was set for, before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame. Uh, he, was, he was beaten. He was nailed to a cross. And the Bible says he did that for the joy that was set before him. What was the joy? The ultimate end result of redeeming a people and purchasing a people by his death, sacrifice, and love that he showed forth. <clears throat> Today... People don't, people say, what you got for me? Somebody, you love me? What you, what you doing for me? Where's my gift? What, what's, what's my, what's a, what, you, what you bought for me again? Uh, Jesus showed his love by going and sacrificing himself for the joy that was set before him. He endured the cross, despising the shame. The, the cross was a shameful death. The Bible records for us that when Jesus was upon the cross and, and when we went to Jerusalem a year or so ago, they, they, we went to the place there where uh, they believe was Golgotha. And it is the place of the, you can still see the, the little mound there that looks like the face of the skull that's there, the place of the skull. And they, they told us this was on the side of the main Roman road, one of the main Roman roads out of Jerusalem. And they said that further emphasized the fact that this was probably the place where the crucifixion took place because the Romans liked to crucify people, put prisoners to death by the side of a road so the people passing by could see their suffering and their death and it would be an example to them. And the Bible records for us that there were those that were passing by and they were mocking Jesus. Himself, he, uh, others he could save. Himself he cannot save. They were mocking him there as, they, as he was there upon the cross. I, you say, well, what's that got to do? Despising the shame. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. Despising the shame of a shameful, mocking death where people belittled him and said others he could save, but himself he cannot save. My friends, if he had desired, he could have commanded 12,000 legions of angels to come and they would have taken him off the cross. But for the joy that was set before him, the love for you and me, he died that death. These things I've spoken unto you that my joy might remain in you. The joy that you and I have, my friends, comes from being a servant of Jesus Christ, a, a, a disciple of His, a follower of His, a love of His Word. You say, well, Brother Charles, sometimes I don't feel that I have the kind of lo- that kind of love in me where I'm a, a self-sacrificing love. You know what? If you recognize that, then that's something you need to work on. Uh, if you don't feel like I, I know how to sacrifice, I know how to give to others, I know how to uh, give of myself and do for others, th- then learn that. That's what we're today. Take up my, take up his cross and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly. Uh, so he tells us, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. He just told us the greatest type of love is the type of love he's fixing to show us on the cross. Uh, Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Ye are my friends if ye do whatsoever I command you. He did not say here that ye are my children if ye do whatsoever I command you. He did not say that you will be my son if if you do whatsoever. He said you will be my friend. Y'all have heard this said, it's, and, and you know it's true. 
If, if we dig into our family trees far enough, we say, well, I'm not so sure whether I like that person as part of my family or, or not. You know, this, this person here is not a glowing example of someone I would want to be related to me. But I'll, and while we cannot choose our family, we can choose our friends. And he, tell, and he tells us this, ye are my friends if you do what I have commanded you. You know, the Bible tells us who was the friend of God. Abraham was the friend of God. Why was Abraham the friend of God? Because God told Abraham, Abraham, I want you to leave Ur of Chaldees. I want you to leave your family and all those that you know. And I want you to take your family and go to a place that I'll show you. The Bible says Abraham got up and went. Why, how was he his friend? Because he did what God asked him to do. God asked us to sacrifice ourselves just a little bit here in this old life and that, uh, uh, to abide in him, to live in him, to let his word abide in us so that we might show the love of God to our friends, our family, our neighbors, uh, so that we can uh, uh, show how uh, what great things. Uh, sometimes uh, we talk about, uh, talk about you know, uh, uh, somebody says, well, I don't know how to be a, uh, you know, an evangelist, or I don't know how to go out and spread the gospel. Uh, have you ever just thought about telling people what great things God has done for you? Could, could you do that? <laughs> could you just say, God has been so good to me? That's the old song, right? God has been so good to me. I want to sing his praise. Uh, uh, God has been so good to me. Why? I'm a sinner beyond measure, and God loved me for whatever miraculous reason he loved me. Uh, he brought me a wife. He brought me children. Uh, he's brought me grandchildren. Uh, he's blessed me to be able to serve him, uh, uh, even in the good times and the bad times, when the house is full, when the house is empty. Uh, God has blessed me to be able to come and stand and preach his word. And what a great blessing that is for for me uh, to be able to see sometimes you see people's lives changed by the hearing of God's word now that's not that's not a credit to me that's a credit to the Holy Spirit okay but God's spirit working in me and God's spirit working in you and people's lives coming closer to God and, and beginning to love him and love the kind of things that God loves what a blessing ye are my friends if you do whatsoever I command you henceforth I call you not servants for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth, but I have called you friends for all things that I have heard of my Father, I've made known unto you. You are my closest friends. You're the ones that I, I desire to have here with me. You're the ones I desired to have the Passover meal with. You're the ones that I told, I'm going away. Don't let your heart be troubled. You're the ones that I'm telling, keep my commandments, love one another, uh, abide in him. God, there will be a joy that abides in you, a peace that abides in you by keeping his commandments. Uh, <clears throat> Henceforth I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth. But I have called you friends for all things that I have heard of my Father I have made, I have made known unto you. You know what the servant was expected to do? The servant was expected to do whatever the master said to do without explanation. Go get, go do, go with no explanation. Jesus says, not only am I telling you go get, go do, serve me or whatever, I'm telling you why. <clears throat> today in today's work world, I, came, I hadn't been that long removed from the work world. Most people today, they don't mind doing things at work as long as it's not illegal, immoral or whatever. But a lot of times they won't know why. Why? 
why do you want me to do this? What's the important, what's the big picture? What's the goal behind all this? Tell me what the goal is. Show me, show me what's out there in front of People want to know why. Even in the minds, I guess, people wanted to know why. Why are we going down this way? Why are we not going that way? Uh, why, why is somebody doing it this way or that way? Just people want, Jesus said, you're my friends and I told you why. The servant doesn't have to know why. The servant's just supposed to do. Now, we're both servants and friends and disciples. And, and you know, we're all of those things. But he says, uh, we're just supposed to do, in fact, I'll give you one. Talk to a lot of married people. Sometimes the greatest thing married people can find out in their, in their life is to say, God's commandment is love your wife. Why? Doesn't matter. God said love her. <laughs> he didn't say it was optional. He didn't say it was, you know, you can like her if she's being nice today. Uh, parents, love your children. Well, the children aren't acting very good today. Parents, love your children. <laughs> it's a commandment to love them, to show that to them. Par uh, husbands, love your wives. Wives, respect your husbands and, and so forth. Uh, and he tells us, I've not chosen you. Uh, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go for, go and bring forth fruit. God has commissioned us. You're supposed to bear fruit. <laughs> go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain that whatsoever you shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it to you. God, you're saying, well, I'm not sure what to do. Have you thought about asking God? Have you thought about praying? Ask it in his name. Father, I'm asking this because... Can you imagine? I, I, I do imagine. Can you imagine in your mind you're asking something? The reason you're asking this of him is because you want this, whatever it is you're asking, because I want to serve you. The reason I'm asking, Father, is I want to be a better friend. I want to be a better disciple. I want to be a better servant of yours. Father, grant me, you know. I'm telling you, if you're asking for the purposes of serving him, I believe God will grant those things. And I know you could probably take that to some extreme that you could find. So, well, you know, I want a million dollars so I can serve you better. Well, you know, probably you're not wanting that for the right reason and so forth. But he says, go and bring forth fruit that your fruit may remain, that whatsoever you shall ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. These things I command you that ye love one Another. Do you hear? The, do you hear the themes happening over and over again? Love one another. Keep my commandments. My, I'll abide in you. You and me. I'm in the Father. The Father's in me. I'm in you. The 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 circle just goes all around. Jesus is teaching the same thing over and over again, driving it into them. These things I command you that you love one another. If the world hates you, know that it hated me before it hate, hated you. Probably the greatest thing that so many of God's children struggle with today, one, one of the things is, is that if you try to live the right kind of life, if you try to live a godly life, a life that honors God, that stays away from, you know, let's, I mean, we can just be honest about it. This day and time, you know, you've got people that are out there telling you, hey, if, if you don't go to sleep with a young girl before you get married to them, then you'll never really know them. That's against God's commandments for what we're to do and how we're to act and the way we're to live and all those kind of things. And he says, these things I command you that you love one another. If the world hates you, know that it hated him. It hated him first. 
uh, if, if they hate you for saying, you know what, abortion's wrong. Uh, premarital sex, wrong. Uh, all these transgender issues, wrong. If they hate you for that, don't be surprised. <laughs> Expect it ahead of time because it hated Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ came in and set the record straight. In fact, as we get on into some of this, maybe it's, I, don't, I can't remember now if it's in the 15th or 16th chapters. He said, I came and I told them this so that their sin would be revealed to them. They had gone and made up this whole religious system of how they were doing things so that they could justify what they wanted to do. Jesus came in and starting with the Sermon on the Mount, set the record straight. You've heard it said, but I say unto you. You've heard it said, but I say unto you. That's the way it is today. They say a lot of things. God's Word says what's true. He says, these things I command you that you love one another. If the world hates you, know that it hated me before it hated you. If ye were of the world, the world would love you. If you just go along with what they want to do, they're, they're, you're going to be their friend. They'll like you. The world will love you. If you were of the world, the world would love his own. Because you're not of the world, I have chosen you out of the world. Therefore, the world hateth you. They hate you when you don't do go along with their way of doing things. Remember the word that I said unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord. If they have persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they have kept my saying, have kept my sayings, they will keep yours also. But all these things will they do unto you for my name's sake, because they know not him that sent me. They don't know the Father. They don't know me. If I had not come and spoken unto them, here was what I was looking for. If I had not come and spoken unto them, they had not had sin, but now they have no cloak, no excuse, no cover, no hiding place for their sin. He that hateth me hateth the Father also. So, I'm, instead of me struggling and pressing to try to finish this up, I will stop right there and just say, we're looking at the very last message Jesus Christ gave to his apostles. And you know what his, his message is? Love one another. Bear fruit, uh, abide in peace, abide in me, abide and I'll abide in you. Uh, uh, don't worry, I'm going away, but let, don't let your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Don't get worried about so many things. Don't let the struggles drive you crazy and all this stuff. Because Jesus Christ has won. Jesus Christ has won. God's word, he wants us bearing fruit for him abide in him you're not going to buy you're not going to bear fruit for him abiding in everything in the world and if you if you're abiding in the right thing and the world hates you why be surprised they didn't like him either they killed him they killed him because he came speaking truth they make you know you know the the Jesus told them on one occasion he says don't fear him that's able to kill the body Fear him that's able to kill body and soul and, and cast body and soul in hell. <clears throat> He's telling us, don't fear the world, fear God. Fear God. That's the big picture of, of, our, of our love and care for him. So we'll stop there. We'll finish this up because, uh, as I've mentioned to you before, Jesus Christ is not some kind of a uh, guy that comes along saying, oh, just feel good. I want you just to feel good. Everything's going to be okay. Everything's going to be all right. 
No, as we started in the 16th chapter, you're going to say Jesus Christ told them. They're going to cast you out of the synagogues. They're going to put you to death for my name's sake. Boy, what an inspiring message that is. Uh, if you were doing that today as a corporate CEO, they'd fire you. Uh, you know, and tell you, say, well, you're not got, you don't have the right kind of message, the right kind of vision. Jesus Christ just told the truth. He told it the way it was. So I hope that you can think about this in the coming week. Let us all bear more fruit. And, uh, you know, uh, when I look around at the, the little children here in the congregation, and even though you say, boy, they sure did, sure did make a lot of noise today. You know what? I see some fruit being born. And I see, uh, I see the fruit of God's blessing upon some families here that have little children. A lot of families don't have them. Thank God for them. May God bless you is our prayer.